0: Grab your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. Now, I had my message all done. In fact, I think even had, this doesn't mean much to you, but I had my pro presenter, the, the stuff you see up on there, I had that all kind of put together for Tammy to take and had it all done by Monday. And then there's this little thing, I don't know, this little war thing that broke out, if you heard anything about it, <clears throat> and uh, the Russia-Ukraine thing, and and so I'm just... I, I was just like, man, I feel like I got to say something about this. I feel compelled that, because there's a lot of stuff, you know, social media's uh, uh, got a bunch of stuff people are saying here and there, and, and, um, and uh, so I, I see a lot of people throwing a lot of scriptures around, and, you know, the end times, the last things, it's, it's a difficult thing to really put a finger on, because even the most, the smartest, think of the smartest person you know who like, they could write the chart that would go across the wall of the end times, and they, you know, this is Gog, and this is Magog, and this is the bear of the north, and I mean, they could just do it all. When I was a kid, we had a guy come through all the time, uh, uh, regularly at our church, and he had this big, I remember as a little kid, just looking at, looking at all the pictures and really freaked me out. Um, but think of the person who freaks you out the most, who knows the most about, they got it all figured out, and let me tell you something, they got it all figured out about the end times, and this is what it's gonna look like, let me, let me tell you they don't have it all figured out. They got a great idea of what it could look like. And so, um, so, so as, as, as we turn to scripture, um, just before we get into Acts, let me just turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. And it says something like this. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? What, be this, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age where's that at <laughs> there it is okay uh yeah i'm not, I, i'm trying to see it myself um what will be the sign here's 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 the question for all of us what is jesus talking about what jesus starts saying after that what will be the sign uh of your coming and the end of the age A- after that after that everything jesus begins to say in matthew chapter 24 there are great men and women of God, great scholars that have studied this scripture forward, backwards, sideways, from every angle, and they disagree on, on what Jesus is getting ready to say. After, after what he says there, is he talking about what's getting ready to happen? Um, because just a quick, quick thought here. A.D. 70, this is A.D. 30, right around A.D. 30, 2930. So in A.D. 70, we know the temple was destroyed. Jerusalem was attacked, the temple was destroyed. Was that what Jesus was getting ready to talk about? Or was Jesus getting ready to talk about what was gonna happen before his return, his second coming? What was Jesus talking about when he goes on to say... Follow me here. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You'll hear, war, uh, ru- you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Very important. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nations, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of the birth pains. So the timing of this all, it's really hard to figure out. Um, it's hard to nail down. Um, the fact of the matter is, I think the one piece, can you leave that scripture up there? The one piece that, that, that we need to hold on to is, um, but to see to it that you're not alarmed. See to it that you're not alarmed. I, 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 would, I would put what Jesus is, is um, saying here, if, if you care, my personal opinion is that this is in the midst of the tribulation. And there will be signs even before Jesus comes in the rapture of the church and we go home to be with him. There will be signs and there will be uh, wonders and there will be some things that that I think will be kind of birth pains heading us into there. But I think much of what you're reading in, in, in Matthew chapter 24 will happen in the midst of the tribulation. Now ask me in about five years and I might say something different. But um, here's 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 what I here's what I want you to know because people started talking as soon as the war broke out, Russia attacked Ukraine. Um, people started throwing out Ezekiel 37 and 38 and in Gog and Magog, and they start throwing on. And uh, I, I'm fine. I don't have any issue. I, I study it myself. If you're going to study the the last things, the end times, and try to figure out who's who and is Russia, how does Russia fit into this and all this kind of stuff? Go for it. But understand this, everything you study ought to drive you to humility. It ought to drive us to our knees. If you're just studying to study, uh, that's not right. The word of God was not meant just to be informational. It was meant to be transformational. So, this is what I'm concerned about is that as soon as a war breaks out between Russia and Ukraine, all of a sudden, oh, it's the end times. Oh, this is happening. And, you know, everyone's just kind of blah, 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 blah. hysteria, fear. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. I don't want to be left behind. And, and, you know, all these scary 1970s rapture movies uh, come back to my mind. And, and, uh, listen, listen, take a deep breath, God's on the throne, we win in this, and uh, and as you see wars and start to break out, if this is talking about what's going to head into the tribulation, this ought not to cause us to be in a scared frenzy, but it ought to say, even so, come Lord Jesus, even so, help me to live a holy life, a pure life, help me to walk out the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's really what this ought to drive us to. It ought not drive us to hysteria and and, and craziness and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, and let me, let me just say one more thing. It, 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 what, what I'm sensing among some believers, it's kind of like if you were getting on the Titanic and you knew it was going down, you knew the Titanic was going down, and you're on the boat and you're standing there on the boat saying, "Guys, this boat is going down," and you start debating. How do you think it's gonna go down? Uh, well, I think it might hit an iceberg. Well, I think it might ground itself on a beach somewhere, a sand. Well, I think it's actually, the, 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 and, and you start, I think it's gonna kind of break like this and go, and then it's going to, Well, I think the front part's gonna go up first and then the back. Well, and you're just debating on exactly how the destruction's gonna happen. When, would, would it not be a little more wisdom to say, here's a life jacket. Can I tell you about these lifeboats? As soon as these, as soon as, we need to get in these lifeboats. You need a life jacket. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming. Do you see the difference? Um, It's okay to, to want to study and try to figure out how does Russia fit into this? Where is America in the end times? I think the best answer to that is gone, You wonder, why isn't the United States mentioned? Why doesn't it seem like we can kind of get a hint from the end times? Well, I think, can you imagine what's gonna happen to the United States when many of us are raptured? Can you imagine? I mean, whole whole groups of people that believe in Jesus Christ will go up in the rapture. What's gonna happen left behind here in the United States? What, what kind of chaos is gonna happen? What kind of nation are we gonna have? We can say, boy, our nation has issues. I agree, but boy, our nation has a ton of true believers in Jesus Christ. And when when all those people rise to be with the Lord in the rapture of the church, of course, this, this nation's gonna be in shambles. And so I think that's why we don't see it. That's just my personal opinion. Again, I'm just sharing my personal opinion. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, can I just encourage you, beloved, encourage you, church, Just calm, stay calm, don't get fearful. Um, You're gonna hear at some point, don't get alarmed. Uh, Things are gonna happen, let's trust God. And let's pray for the believers in the church in Ukraine, which there is one, and it is thriving. And even as we speak today, churches in Ukraine are opening up their basements. They're opening up their their buildings to try to be a place of harbor and a place of of love for those in their community. Let's pray that Jesus would shine greatly even in the midst of this war. Okay, now Acts chapter 1. Are you there yet? In fact, as we even think of, uh, of last week, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because we talked about the time when the four friends took their paralytic friend to Jesus. And they were so intent on getting their friend to Jesus, what did they do? They ripped a hole in the roof, right? How uh, amazing was that? We talked about four, four, um, four ways that we saw that happen. Initiative, creativity, courage, and Persistence. And my, my encouragement to you was let's, let's live these things out in our own lives in the way that we reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's, let's, let's live out. With initiative, let's, let's, let's initiate. Let's, let's not just wait for the opportunity to come, but let's look for opportunities. and With initiative, try to reach people that are far from God. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us creativity as a church and as individuals. How can I reach people that are far from God? Let's have courage to step up and speak the truth. Speak the truth and hear me. There are some people who will call themselves believers, but they're not speaking the truth of scripture. And so that means there's gonna be times when we're gonna have to just stand and say, no, this is what the Bible says and we gotta have courage to stand up. We gotta be persistent. Let's stay persistent. Let's stay faithful. We talked about that last week. Today, we go to where Jesus was, He was, uh, um, he, he, he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and now he's walking amongst us. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is, this is what he says. I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag, but here's the deal. Verse 7 even says, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is why. I'm, you know what? Just because I know that Time is getting away from us. I'm going to start with my conclusion. And <laughs> You're like, hallelujah. Oh, hold on. I got more to say. <laughs> but if you call Pathway, uh, Path, Pathway Church, if you call this your church home, I just want to encourage every person in this room to take a step of faith today. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage every person in this room to take a step of faith to fill out one of these faith promise giving to missions. Basically what this, what this means is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to give over the next year. I'm going to give. I'm going to sow seed in the kingdom of God over and above my tithe. Because if the local church isn't here through the tithe, then there's no re- I mean, we can't send missionaries. We, the, the first piece of my giving belongs to the local church. I bring the tithe, and over and above that, I'm going to give offerings to missions. And over the next year, I'm going to encourage everyone who calls this church your church home, would you fill one of these out, and would you drop it in the black boxes out back, or in the, in the four out back, you know, we'll take you out back. Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, drop, drop them in the, in the box, because we're serious about taking the gospel to the nations. When you think about Ukraine, you think about Russia, and I think about many who have taken the gospel already. Missionary movements. I think even our own fellowship, the Assemblies of God, started, I think it was in the 1920s in, in Ukraine. And, and there is a, 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 a denomination, one of our sister denominations there, that has planted churches and they're reaching people because of a missions outreach. Because someone from America said, we gotta do something about those in Ukraine. They gotta hear the gospel and they went and they gave themselves to take the gospel to the nations. God has called us to that. It says Acts chapter 1 but you see power in the Holy Spirit you be witnesses in Jerusalem. What's our Jerusalem? Well, th- that's people that you see each day, right? These are, these are people maybe not each day but on a regular basis you bump into people. God's called us through the power of the Holy Spirit to reach them. What what's Judea and Samaria? I, I I don't know exactly what this would look like. Maybe it's our state. Maybe it's our region. I mean, if you just think about that, maybe it's even our nation. I don't know. But Judea and Samaria. These are people that we have somewhat some things in common with, but yet there's also some things that are different. Like even as 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 the um the disciples were reaching Samaria, you know, Jews didn't really like the Samaritans, and so, but God called these Jewish dudes to go and reach the Samaritans. I mean, just think about that. God's called us to reach those that maybe uh, um, that, that we could drive to, we could go to, but we don't always see eye to eye with, even in our own nation. And then he's called us to go to the ends of the earth. And from the very beginning, we've, we've, we, we understand this. Reaching our Jerusalem is just as important as reaching the ends of the earth. Reaching the ends of the earth... What good is it if we're just shelling money to send missionaries out overseas, even to reach our own nation in the inner cities and start churches here in our own nation, and even in LaGrange County like we did? What good is it if we do all that, but we're not reaching our Jerusalem? You get what I'm saying? All three of these areas are important, and that's our heart. Jesus, in another time, he gave another great commission uh, passage in Matthew chapter 28 he gave this challenge Matthew 28 verse 19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you it's not just go and win them to Christ it's help them become disciples how by getting them into a local church and helping them grow teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and again he says surely I'm with you You see, Acts one and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In Matthew chapter 28, surely I am with you. God isn't calling us to do this on our own. He's calling us to do this empowered by his spirit with him going with us. I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of hope because <laughs> some of you are like, when, you, when we talk about reaching our Jerusalem, you're like, uh, Scott, uh, could, we, could we just jump over that whole Jerusalem thing? Because I went out on one of those Revive Indiana teams that one time Don't ever make me do that again, please. And some of you you don't even know what I'm talking about, but this is where groups of of people would go out and and they just cold cock people with the gospel. And there's gonna be times we need to be prepared to share the gospel. We need to be prepared. There are times when the Holy Spirit's gonna lay some on your heart and you're gonna go. But what 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 I wanna talk to you about when we think about our Jerusalem are people that you already know. People that God's already put you in their life. Do you know why he put you in their life? To be a representation of Jesus Christ to them. Oh, live it, live out your faith. But don't let it stop there because there's gonna be times when you're gonna have to, it's gonna, you gotta you got tell them the gospel. You gotta explain, this is what Jesus Christ has done in me and done through me and I wanna see it happen in you. God has, has put the local church in communities to accomplish this. In fact, let me just say, the Great Commission was never meant to be accomplished without the local church. Think about that. The Great Commission, Acts one eight, was never meant to be accomplished without the local church. So, as as we look at, uh, let me just point something out for you. Two two things. I'm just going to point two things, and then we're done. <clears throat> but Acts chapter one verse eight. Did they do this? Did the New Testament church? And, and some of you, uh, you you're kind of old fashioned like me. You actually have a book in front of you. Good for you, because that's going to help you today grab your bibles open up to the book of acts if you're not there yet the rest of you you got your thumbs going there keep your thumbs busy because we're going somewhere here but if you got it on your phone but did they reach their jerusalem judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth you know what you'll see in acts chapter 1 verse um, acts chapter 1 through chapter 7 is you'll see them reaching their jerusalem acts 2 is really what we built our all-in vision here at pathway our, our, our vision statement just is about being all in. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' doctrine. Acts: 242, I already said it on the announcements today, and I'm so glad I didn't wear that blue shirt today. I was that close to wearing that same blue shirt. How embarrassing would have that been, huh, fellas? Every guy in this room is like, "What are you talking about?" But here, <clears throat> here, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, God, God has, has, uh, had, had told the church start in your Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the parts of the earth. And that's exactly what we see, Acts 1 through 7. In chapter 7, there's this stoning that happened. Stephen got stoned. He got killed. And then in Acts chapter 8, if you, if you can get there, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, this is what it says. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. This is the guy, Saul, also named Paul. Eventually, he'll have uh, Jesus in his life. But uh, verse one, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. They did it. Oh, it wasn't necessarily because they wanted to, they got forced to. It says all the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, but all the others started going to Judea and Samaria. Jesus said, this is what's gonna happen. The Holy Spirit's gonna fall, Acts chapter two, gonna empower you to go to reach your Jerusalem, and then you're Judea and Samaria. And then did they ever reach the ends of the earth? Well, in, in Acts chapter um, 9, you read of uh, the guy who had the original Damascus Road experience. <laughs> the guy who had the original Jesus come to Jesus meeting, right? Saul, he ended up being called Paul. He got saved. And in, in um, Acts chapter uh, 11, verse 25. <coughs> sorry about that. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, I'm in verse 26, he brought him to Antioch. So for the whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So so Saul is starting to do ministry here along with Barnabas. And God's using them in their Judea and their Samaria. But it didn't stop there because you get to verse uh, chapter 13. Look at chapter 13, will you? this is what I want you to see in the church of Antioch verse 1 there was prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon called Niger Lucius of Cyrene man, 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 Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them stop for just a second you gotta get the magnitude of this moment Because right here started a missions movement that is still going on today. The very first missionary journey that Paul took, and he took a second one, and he took a third one, and he was going where? He was going to places that for them was the ends of the earth. People that had never heard the gospel. And do you know the third journey in particular? And, and a few of those perhaps, but I've said this before, but it, there's a chance if you're like me and, and you've got some kind of an Amish or Mennonite background in you, that some of our people, some of our kinfolk were actually, the gospel reached them originally originally in the midst of one of these missionary journeys, when because of the way the Roman's roads went, perhaps Paul, we don't know this for a fact, but perhaps Paul made it up into Germany or in Switzerland or in that area. And just think that, that some of my own lineage was touched with the gospel because of what we're reading about right here. This is what I want you to get. Acts chapter one, verse eight. God, Jesus said, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna empower you to go do this. Question, did they do it? answer yes so what's your point Scott this is my point how about we do it too how about we take that pattern implement it into our church implement it into our mission strategy that we would go and reach our Jerusalem here through this local church and reach this area and this region Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth what what does that look like what who how does the local church accomplish this? Well, well, we, we can see it right here, but let me, let me just jump right to it. First thing is they prayed. Do you see that in Acts chapter 13? It wasn't just like, okay, who'd kind of like to go live in Paris? <laughs> Maybe South Africa? I don't know. How about Denmark sounds good. I love to travel. Maybe the Lord's called me to be a missionary. No! It's like the Holy Spirit puts it on someone's heart. Not everybody, but, but they were praying in the church at Antioch. There were prophets and teachers, and they were praying while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set these guys apart to send them off. They were praying, what can we do as a church? I'll tell you what we can do. We can pray. We can intercede. In fact, if you have that, grab the, the, the list of missionaries that we've been having in, in, in the back of your seats for a couple weeks here. But over 75 missionaries that we support as a church and missions agencies, and can I just encourage you from time to time, pull this out of your Bible and just say, God, move in their lives. Move through them. Anoint them. Let today be a powerful day of ministry for them. Or just grab one or two and just, just throw their names. And God, I pray for Chris Paget, Urban Outreach in Indianapolis. as he's, he's getting ready to put this trailer together. In fact, this week we finished off. He's, he got this trailer. to, to they're, they're making it into showers and so they can meet a felt need for those that are homeless in Indianapolis, share the gospel with them through this. And one way they're doing that is they got this trailer, the shower. This week, you gave $1,500 to put them over the top so they can finish up the shower, the shower trailer. And so we pray for Chris. Say, Lord, use that, those showers. And that through the cleansing of the outside of those bodies, that they could be cleansed on the inside through the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. That their addictions could be broken. We could find them in a local teen challenge ministry, uh, adult and teen challenge, and they could truly be disciples and, and be set free. Just pray. Um, maybe there's another one. Uh, just jumping up. Chris and Lindsey Carter in Japan. Just lift them up to the Lord. Pray. Intercede. You say, Scott, I've got enough things to pray about. We all do. But can I encourage you from time to time? Just lift up our missionaries. How do I pray for them? There's three things I think during your notes. Just pray for their families. Think about what you deal with, and then just pray for them. Pray for them in that way. Pray for their marriages. Pray for their kids. Pray for wisdom, discernment. Um, pray for God's grace on them to stay the course. So we need to pray. How can What, what did the local church do here in the book of Acts? They prayed. Second thing they did is we need to Go. Go. Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Every day. Don't wait any longer. Bloom right where you're planted. Who are you praying for right now to find salvation? Like, are there two or three people you're praying? I encourage you to have, always have two or three people that from time to time, I'm not saying you pray for them every day, but on a fairly regular basis, you're like, Lord, use me to help them find Jesus. Help me, use me, help the things I say, the things I do to point them to Jesus. Who are you praying for? Are you going right now in your Jerusalem? Don't be like Jonah. Jonah. You remember in Jonah chapter 1, specifically chapter, uh, verse 5, it, said, it says, but Jonah, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. God had called Jonah to go, and Jonah's like, no, <laughs> and in fact, he's, he's, he's sleeping in the midst of the call of God. What about you? Are you going? I think it's important to clarify. Um, there there is a, uh, an apostolic, a missionary call. There's a, there's a call. It's not just, I like to travel. It's not just, oh, I think it'd be kind of cool to live overseas someday. No, it's like, has God really called you? Has, 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 has God put his hand on you to, to, to go? And there are very likely people in this room, not all of us, but there's some of us in this room that God is calling you to go. I think about... Um, a book we were just talking about the other night at dinner. It's called Unveiling Grace, and it's a dynamite book. If you're interested in learning more about the teachings of Mormonism and, and Latter Day Saints, there's a there's a pass. Uh, excuse me. There's a there's a professor at BYU Brigham Young University that her family ended up really coming to true faith in Jesus Christ. And, and it really lays out exactly the doctrinal differences between what we would say is, is uh, regular Christianity, um, Orthodox Christianity and the, the Mormon church and LDS. And, um, but it's called Unveiled, Unveiling Grace. But as I was reading it, I, just, I, was, I was pricked again just at the idea of, of how, how th- there are um, students that are coming out of high school, college age that will go and they'll just serve for a year or two. They'll just go and serve somewhere. To, to To try, obviously, to proselytize uh, for the Mormon Church, and I just think, and I'm not saying every every student in our church ought to do that, but but what about you? Is there are you at a season in your life where you could give some time, give a year, give two years to go? Is God calling you to that? Beyond that, is is God calling you to have um, a, an apostolic call? Maybe not just for one or two years, but maybe for some of you. God has so stirred you with the idea of taking the gospel where it's never been preached before. Where people have never even heard the name of Jesus. And is God calling you to go? Then can I encourage you? Go. Go. How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Here, you see in chapter 13, um, you you see this. You see the church praying, but there's only two they were sending, right? So it's not every one of us that's going to go overseas or go to the ends of the earth, but... We need to be a part of helping send them to go, which really leads us to the last portion. You knew I was going to get there, and that's give. Give. Going straight to the wallet, are you, Scott? Yes, I am. I'll never cower to talk to you about tithing and giving of offerings to missions because God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. And I spend my money on things that are closest to my heart. And the Bible says that if I'm struggling to put my heart into something, I should put my treasure there, and my heart's going to follow. You check me on that. It's true. And somehow, as God is calling men and women to start new churches and Bible colleges and to raise up leaders in local churches all around the nations and minister uh, to all over the world, there's got to be a way of sending them over there. Listen, I heard the little Christian, where it's God's will, it's God's bill. Where God guides, he'll provide. So, I agree with all that, but how is he going to provide? How did he provide in the New Testament church? How, how did he provide in the New Testament? As we see the way they lived out Acts eight, how did he provide? Well, we'll see exactly how they provided. It was the local church sending them. The early missionaries even um, that are part of our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, would actually often ship their belongings in their coffins. They'd have their coffins made and they put all their belongings in there and they ship them overseas because they were planning on giving their lives in Tibet. They were planning on giving their lives in India. They're, they, I'm not coming home. I'm going. I'm sharing the gospel. And, and I'm not saying we need to go back to that. But that was, that was the heart of... And if someone is called to do that... Our role as a church is to give so they can go. You notice all three of Paul's missionary journeys, how did he get there? Oh, sure, there were times when he, he used support from his tent making. There were, but there were churches and Christians who would give generously to support the missions effort that he was on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm not going to take time to read it, but will you read it? Chapter 11, verse 7 through 9. In 3 John 1, 5 through 8, it challenges us to support people like this, to support workers who are sending the truth. This is our call. I may never set foot on the soil of some country, but if someone, God has placed on someone's heart to go there and not just to live, but to share the gospel, to help train up leaders, to work themselves out of a job, if you will, and train up the indigenous church, and then this missionary, apostle, can go somewhere else and do it all over again, and do it all over again. That, I can get behind that. And we as a church, that's how we give. We, we, We give so the missionaries can go work their tails off for the gospel share and win believers, raise up leaders, and and then release the local indigenous church to serve in local church. So what does this look like for us? Well, we gotta pray. We gotta go and we gotta give. And that's why today I I just challenge you um, from March 22, 2022 to February, 2023, what does the Lord want you to give to foreign missions and home missions? Here's some practical things. I'd encourage you to give weekly, monthly, or yearly. Whatever works for you. Megan and I, we like to give weekly. I, I love the idea of ever, just every week we're just sowing into the kingdom. Sewing, we give our tithe. In fact, most of your banks now, we do this. You know this. I don't have to tell you this, but they, they can automate this stuff. And I encourage you to automate it. You can even do it through our church um, uh, uh, Church Center app that we talk about You can sign up for things You can give through our Church Center app All those things You can set up a recurring giving option there So like if you Today you're like I, I believe the Lord wants to give this much a week through me This much a month This much a year Whatever that You can just you can set that up I encourage you to do that Get serious about your giving And let me just share one, one more thing about what, what, this, what this looks like You see this is what keeps the missionary on the field this is really probably too simplistic, but let me just say this. Every missionary we support has two pots. They have one that's like special projects. And that's this pot over here. And then they have another pot that they need to fill. And that's um, uh, that's monthly support. This is what keeps them on the field. This, this is like boots on the ground because if we don't have boots on the ground and a missionary in the country, they don't need this pot over here, right? I mean, does that make sense? They don't need these special projects and all this kind of stuff. Well, what's special projects? Well, let's just say a missionary, hes out in the bush, out in, and he—he gets to this church. God bless these folks. They're—they're they're in the middle of nowhere, and this missionary sees this church's roof just caved in, and there's like, man, I wish I wish I had a thousand, two thousand dollars that I could just take from my projects and just I could just help this local church out here in the middle of nowhere in in some tribal region of Kenya or Tanzania or something. Wish I could help them out. You know what happened? You see, that missionary was in Middlebury at Pathway Church a couple years before. And every time Pathway has a missionary come through, what do we usually do? We usually always encourage you to give an offering. To what pot? Not this pot, but to this pot. The special projects. So when missionaries come through here about once a month, and you give an offering, that all goes into there. So then when that missionary gets to the field, they're like, man, I wish I had some money for a special. Oh, I do, because that church in Middlebury, Pathway Church, they gave me an offering. So then he can take that, she can take that, and bless that local church. Whatever that project may be, there's special projects. But this right here is not that pot. It's this pot over here. This is what keeps the boots on the ground. This is what we take, and we invest. And, and um, so... so uh, Is as you give, as you give faithfully. A lot of times, giving to a special project is a lot more exciting. Am I am I right? Giving to a special project, it's a lot more. Oh, I can see it. I can feel it. I can touch it. But this right here, keeping the boots on the ground, is what what really keeps the kingdom moving forward around the world. And so that's why I encourage you. If you're if you're going to give to anything, make sure you give to this. We're going to go to. We're looking at going to the Dominican Republic, working with Mission of Hope because we can't get into Haiti right now. Can't get into Haiti. But Mission of Hope is in Dominican. And so we're looking at taking a trip to Dominican, maybe in January of 2023. You'll hear more about it over the next couple of months. But this is what I want you to get. Um, don't let that be the start of your missions giving. No, your missions giving is right here. If all you do, if you, if you only have a certain amount, of, this right here is what you wanna give to. Let's give weekly, monthly, yearly to make sure that we keep the missionaries on the field. And can I let you in on a little secret? I've never seen a church focused on the Great Commission going and reaching the nations that hasn't been blessed with God's presence. If you and I want to have a church that's alive and faith-filled, where lives are regularly being changed and challenged, then let's talk about reaching the nations. If we want to have a church where our kids can grow up in life knowing Jesus and not just religion, let's, let's be a church that takes the gospel to the nations. Jesus says, you want my presence? You want more of me? Go about doing what I've commanded you to do, because surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age, if what? Surely I am with you always, if we are going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. I know sometimes people are like, well, bless the Lord, Scott, we haven't even reached the United States yet. Why are we going to the other nations? You can ask God about that when we get to heaven. Because he pretty much made it really clear, go to the nations, there's an S on that, not just one, but every nation. God has called us to go to every nation to share the gospel. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. I say this to you almost every year, the month of February. When we get to heaven, we're gonna have a couple conversations. We're gonna have a little reunion with Pathway. Just, I'll, I'll get the word out. <clears throat> and, and we'll just say, Pathway, Pathway reunion um, at... Pastor Scott in Megan Miller's mansion. We're trusting we're going to be there. And you guys can come on in. Um, the Essen House will be catering. <laughs> and I'll be grabbing a whoopie pie. And as I eat that thing, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to come running up to me. And you're going to say, man, this is awesome, Scott. Did you see Moses over there? That's amazing. I just talked to him. Yeah, it's something. Simon Peter? Yeah, he's right over there. you see Ruth? I just talked to Ruth, couldn't believe it. Nicest lady, just really amazing. And Scott, I don't know how this happened, but I even saw Elvis, that was just, (laughs) uh, he's everywhere. (laughs) But you're gonna come up to me and let me tell you what you're gonna say. You're gonna look me, I promise you. You're gonna look me in the eyes though, it's gonna get serious. You're gonna say, Scott, there's just one thing I regret. There's one thing I regret, is I wish you would have talked more to us about giving to, to missions. I promise you, you mark my word. We'll get to heaven and you know, say, Scott, I look at things I spent money on. I gave more to Xfinity and Comcast than I did to take the gospel to the ends of the earth every month, Scott. I'm so embarrassed. I wish so much that you would have told us more. I wish you would have challenged us more. I wish you would have talked more to us about taking all the blessings that we have and investing it in the kingdom through, through missions giving, Scott. I, I, that's my one regret. I love you, Scott. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we're both here. But I wish you would have talked to us more about giving to home and foreign missions.